0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, We Agnostics, on page 53, the second paragraph, beginning with, When we became alcoholics, and we are commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, Dara L. with the 12 Steps, Dory P. with the 12 Traditions, Craig F. is our first reader, Lauren N. is our second reader, and our backup reader is Barbara P. Our newcomer greeter is Katie G., and our second hour moderator is Jody E. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, April 26, 2021, are 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,835 and 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,836. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dara L. to read the 12 Steps.
1: Great. Thank you so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all
2: our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Daryl. I will now ask Dory P. to read the 12 traditions.
2: Thank you, Rick. Good morning. From Atlanta, Dory P., Grateful Compulsive Overeater, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OE name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve.
0: Thank you, Dory P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of chapter, We Agnostics in the Big Book, page 53, the second paragraph, beginning with, When We Became Alcoholics, and commenting on that one paragraph only. I will now ask Craig F. to begin reading. Go ahead, Craig, get us started. <laughs>
3: okay rick thank you good morning this is craig f recovered in tulsa oklahoma when we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis we could not postpone or evade we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either god is everything or else he is nothing god either is or he isn't what was our choice to be what was our choice to be indeed um uh, as uh, Rick has already said, this is an extremely powerful, uh, uh, extremely powerful paragraph uh, with an extremely powerful proposition. You know, all through this book to to, to now, we we've uh, we've been coming to the conclusion that we need a spiritual experience of sufficient depth and weight to rearrange our uh, thoughts and actions. And, um, you know, uh, we need a power greater than ourselves. And, you know, the book doesn't define our power for us. Uh, You know, we're not told we have to believe in a certain type of God, but we have to believe that we're not the most powerful thing in the universe. Um, We we, uh, are not... Uh, uh, of our own free will, uh, able to uh, overcome this disease. Uh, And, you know, compare and despair, but normies, you know, so-called normies, uh, don't need that. You know, they don't need a reminder. Uh, They don't need a, a power greater than themselves uh, they don't need a program that calls for prayer and meditation to improve their conscious contact with God. They don't need a program that has a statement in it that says that um, uh, that we uh, 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 get a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Uh, you know, we have that necessity. We have... Um, uh, in order to have a daily reprieve from this disease, from the progression of this disease, we have to uh, w- we have to be in that place where we have that that uh, maintenance of our spiritual condition, that enlargement even of our spiritual life. You know that we get that enlargement of our spiritual life through uh, work and self-sacrifice for others. Uh, we get that that enlargement through this surrender process to this higher power to understanding with uh, a sense of humility that uh that there is a god and I'm not it there either is a god or there isn't and 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 to make that choice and i and you know in a sense we make that choice on a daily basis uh, i make that choice when i say that first prayer in the morning and i say god guide my thoughts and actions today, show me how I can be of service to you and others, and uh, give me the power to carry out that, uh, that vision so that I, I can um, go about doing those things, you know, being of service, sponsoring people, making and taking outreach calls, making and taking 10th uh, step calls. Uh, I can maintain Mentor that conscious minor. contact. Thank you, that conscious contact with God as I understand you, because that is my that is my medicine for my disease. And with that I'll pass. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. All right. Thank you so much, Craig. Yeah.
0: Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on what was read today?
4: Tina Whoop!
0: Okay, hold, to... oh, hold on, hold TV on. So, guys, hold on just a sec. So I'm getting a little nod of names here. Um, I'm going to try to untangle un- uh, them a little bit. So uh, did I hear uh, Dana S.? Tina S. What was that again, sorry? Tina. Tina. Tina S., sorry. And then there was right after T right in the uh, beginning of
4: uh, it? Rachel R.
0: K. Was that Nessa? Yes. And Rachel? Mm-hmm. And Reva P. Thank you. Okay. And then Rachel, so Nessa R and Rachel, what was your last, uh, initially your last name? K. Okay. And then after Rachel? Reva P. All right. Reva P. Okay. Thanks, guys, for helping me on that one. All right. Who else? Adriana T. Adriana t n w a And Ken W H. Hello, Ken.
5: Hey, All Rick. Right.
0: Good to hear you, buddy. All K. right, so uh, we're going to stop there for right now. If I didn't get you in this round, we will certainly get you in in the second round. So here's who I have: Tina S. Nessa R. Rachel K. Reva P. Adriana T. And Ken WH Um, and um, when you are introducing yourself just remember to give me uh, first initial your last name and your state if you don't mind so uh, Tina S you're up followed by Nessa R go ahead Tina
6: thanks so much Rick Tina S recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida Uh, What a great paragraph and thanks uh for the for the initial share you know uh, when i first came into the rooms you know i always heard this god either is or he isn't you know he's everything or he's nothing you know but when i read this paragraph it you know it really brings home it says you know crushed pulverized by my own stuff you know i can't you know escape You know, this stuff that's going on in my life and, you know, backed against the wall. And this is just my experience, you know, because I thought for a very, very long time that somehow, some way, someday, you know, Tina could do this thing, you know. And so backed against the wall, you know, God either is everything or else he is nothing. You know, he's either all things or he's not a single thing, you know. And then, you know, the last, I always forget, you know, I, I can get that. I can spout God either is or he isn't. He's everything or he's nothing, you know. But I sometimes forget, what's my choice? What's my choice today? You know, when I make that choice, and I love that it was just shared, I make that cho- choice every day on a daily basis, and I certainly do the same, you know, t- to be put into a place of usefulness, you know, to have these things that are used to be, not continue to be. The only way that that can happen in my life is with a power greater than myself, because I have tried everything. And on my own, I can do nothing. You know, but if I want to be the woman that God would have me be, you know, I have to have, I have to invite a power greater than myself into my life, which I you know, choose to call God because it's just simple. And, uh, and what I have to do, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we're in the second and third step. You know, then i got to make this decision, you know, to really, you know, what is my choice? And then to, to go with that, you know, to, to follow the directions. And that's the only way for me that i could ever possibly postpone or evade all the self-imposed crisis that i put on myself is to to work the 12 steps to have a spiritual experience you know to take that inventory to share it with somebody else to be entirely ready you know to humbly ask to, you know make a list to do the amends to continue you know take inventory and then to you know to really do the spiritual work and then to pass this thing to others. And with that, you know, I have a daily reprieve, you know, contingent on the maintenance of these spiritual conditions. And then with that, I'll pass. Great stuff.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Tina S. Okay. Um, Nessa R., you are up next, followed by Rachel Kaye. Go ahead, Nessa.
4: Thank you. Good morning, vision for you. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Now, why is this a self-imposed crisis? Um, I I didn't ask to be born this way. I didn't make myself have an allergy of the body and and an obsession of the mind that led me into the food. This wasn't my choice. So how come this is a self-imposed crisis? And, you know, in page 62, I find the answer because it tells me our problems are of our own making. You know, they arise out of our our selfishness and self-centeredness. And it's that choice, that choice to be focused on my own little plans and designs, my own pursuits, you know, um, imposing my will and my values on everyone around me, you know, sometimes with very noble and lofty um, uh, motives and sometimes not. But, you know, regardless of the motive, it's always selfish because it's what I want. And in doing that, I'm choosing the food, you know. Um, because things are not gonna turn um, turn my way, uh, turn out my way. You know, I step on the on the toes of my fellows, and they retaliate. You know, um, so either God is everything, or the food is everything. And if I'm choosing to pursue, you know, my 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 own my own uh, uh, objectives, I'm choosing I'm choosing the food because uh, what else do I have when? Uh, i don 't get what I want, nothing, just the food uh, in choosing God, I choose to live um, a life that is devoted to the to, to to helping others to serving God and helping others, and not focus on me, no matter how lofty, no matter how noble, no matter how right my intentions are you know like you know there's no great virtue in being right you know even if i honestly believe that everybody's gonna be happy they only follow my plan and that might be true but that might that might not be what other people want i need to get out of myself and this is what this program does for us it takes us out of ourselves or, or more probably more accurately it takes the self out of us so that we become um self God centered people instead of self centered people, and we can honestly say God is everything because I don't want the food to be everything anymore. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Um, Rachel K., you're up next, followed by Reva P. Go ahead, Rachel.
7: Thank you. Yes, this is Rachel Kay from California. Um, And I mean that as a disclaimer, I'm in California, so I'm on Pacific time. So if I uh, don't make sense, it's because it's uh, about 418 here. Um, This is one of my favorite paragraphs in the big book. Um, And one of the reasons is because I'm I'm a very numbers person. Uh, I like to think in black and white. And this is one area where I can think in black and white. God is I have a binary choice. Either God is everything or God is nothing. What that means is, you know, God is either a hundred percent or zero percent. That means that I can't like I am I am want to do, um, I can't make God okay, God is ninety-five percent and five and percent what other people think of me. Nope, nope. Um can I make God, you know, ninety percent and ten percent um money and whether Uh, I'm going to have to pay um, the taxes that I don't think I should have to pay and and get the money that I want. Nope. Nope. God is either everything or he's nothing. Um, Can I make, you know, 3% of that, of that God me and and what I want, what I want out of life and how I want other people to act? No, God is either everything or he is nothing. Either I put God first before everything everything else before what i want before what other people think of me before the way i want to run the world um before my food before everything or he's nothing um and you know that sounds so hard but actually yeah i mean it's 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 simple you know it's it's not necessarily easy but it's simple i only I only have that choice to make every single day. And I I like that other speakers have, I mean, other sharers have have spoken to that, that every day I have to make that choice. Okay, is it going to be God or is it going to be all these other things that, you know, I constantly want to put before God? Um, And the problem is, is if I don't, if I don't check that box, it says, nope, 100% God, Um, then I'm likely to make it 100% food again. Um, Because my disease is also black and white, my disease wants to, you know, once those other things creep in, then it's, it's 100% the food, it's nothing else, there's no room for, you know, helping other people for taking care of myself for anything else, and certainly no room for God, you know, God ends up, with you know zero percent so uh what a what a great paragraph short and sweet and to the point and thanks for letting me share it
0: i'll pass okay perfect timing thank you very much rachel k uh reva p you are up next followed by adriana t uh go ahead reva
8: okay good morning this is reva p grateful recovered compulsive overeater in toronto Um, I love this paragraph. And you know, this business of God either is or he isn't. I don't know if it was so much of a choice for me, um, but when I had used all the logic I could use and when I had attempted all the medical, scientific, logical approaches to the food and I was beaten, I had to come to this step two question. Was I going to, you know be willing to believe that this spiritual program that sounded really hokey, where people were hugging and talking about God, that seemed really cultish to me. Um, Was I going to, you know, be willing to believe that it was possibly going to work for me? Um, And it was because I was so crushed by the food that I was willing to do that. But, you know, this God is or he isn't, uh, for me, applies when the food's down. Um, So what does that look like? You know, once I'm in uh, recovery, the food's down. What is my self-imposed crisis? Crisis, living in catastrophe, living in drama. You know, when I start looking at my selfishness and my dishonesty and old beliefs, it always comes down to fear. And when things come down to fear and I am so disturbed, restless, irritable, discontent, um, scared to death, my, my self-imposed crisis is that my thinking tells me God isn't. My thinking tells me, but this time, maybe it's not going to work out. I start doubting, and that's so disturbing, and that becomes like I start living in catastrophe. And um One of my lovely teachers in this program, um, we sort of used to joke, you know, DNR, drama not required, drama. My life was such like the EKG, high, low, high, low. So this is telling me when I get into a place in abstinence where I am terrified because something yet again has gone not the way I want. Somebody is not doing what I want. What a great reminder. God is or he isn't. Am I trusting? Am I not? Um, And that's what it comes down to. Um, And when I trust in God, it's that old, again, corny thing that I heard when I came in. I'm at the edge of a cliff. I have this dilemma. Um, I am crushed. Either I jump off the cliff and trust there's going to be a safety net or God's going to give me wings to fly. But I jump because I can't do it anymore. I just cannot live in self-imposed crisis. And I am so grateful For this program and with that i pass
0: oh wow thank you riva p perfect timing and uh adriana t you're up next followed by ken wh go ahead adriana
9: hi thanks rick thanks for your service and thanks for everyone's service on the line this is adriana t recovered compulsive overeater in detroit michigan and um i kind of got stuck on the self-imposed crisis when i was reading this this morning just because it kind of brought back to me, like, when I came into the program, just kind of the shame I felt about I had a sense that I was hurting myself with food. I was, um, you know, limiting my life. I, um, you know, I knew the pain I was in, the emotional, physical pain because of my weight and my compulsive eating, but was powerless to do anything about it. And, you know, as we've kind of read in the previous chapters about the powerlessness we have when it comes to our eating, our weight, um, you know, it brings us to this point, like it says, you know, we can't kind of escape the solution anymore or the choice we have whether we want to seek the solution or kind of stay where we are. It kind of reminds me of where it talks about, like, we can go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our existence, or we can, you know, grab onto the spiritual solution. And, um, you know, this paragraph really feels like kind of that, like, are we putting all our chips in or not kind of feeling when we're at step two. Um, and then, you know, soon to be step three, Um but like people have said, like I can look at this every day and ask this question: What is my choice to be? And um, as I continue to tread this road of recovery, um, you know, I constantly am facing step six and seven kind of issues, like how much deeper do I want to go with God? Um, and knowing that if I don't continue to expand and continue to become more like God, um, in the sense of um, you know, uh, love, kindness, patience, tolerance, those things, um, and giving my finances over to God, my um, parenting over to God, my work over to God, um, you know, I am going to be closer to backsliding into compulsive eating. And so um, it's kind of like you have to be all in. It's not, um, I've realized uh, after trying to do the whole dieting with group support thing, Um, This is not, uh, you know, just give God your food program. This is, uh, you know, I mean, you can be stark raving abstinent abstinent and not really, like, give God your life, but you're not going to be rocketed into the fourth dimension. So, anyway, with that, I'll pass. Hope you guys have a lovely day. All
0: right. Thank you, Adriana T. And uh, Ken WH, you're up next, and then we'll take a new group of names. Go ahead, Ken.
5: Thanks, Brother Rick. Uh, this is <clears throat> Ken W. H. Cary, North Carolina. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm just aware that we're in that chapter we agnostics today. Uh, uh, faith-wise, I'm not an agnostic, but I can function like one. Every time I think that I need to find the answer to the solution, I'm functioning like an agnostic. I'm, I'm not letting God handle what God needs to handle in my life. Uh, the the paragraph before ends with, we don't know, I don't know. For me to say that, uh, someone who had to figure things out, is is a pure miracle uh, that I'm able to say that today that I just plain didn't know. And then we move to this uh, paragraph that um, leaves me with this uh, proposition uh I've got to remember, I'm still in step two here, and I'm still coming to believe at, that, at this point uh, in, in the book. I'm still at step two, and I'm just dealing with the, the belief that the, of the possibility that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, that God could and would if he were sought. And I'm faced with a proposition. I'm still up in my brain. I'm faced with a proposition. I'm supposed to face it fearlessly. Uh, and it's an either-or question. It's a brain activity. I still am in my head, and uh, that's where I still can get into a lot of trouble, and then it asks me what will I choose or decide. But it's the next paragraph that starts to move me in another direction that starts to talk about faith. But even then, it doesn't get us to step three, and for another seven pages in the book, up until after how it works, uh, it says we are at step three. So I'm still in the midst of this step two when I'm here in the book, and I'm I'm confronted with this faith question, and I've come to understand that faith is a gift that has been given to me, and it finds its expression in me when I – absolutely, completely surrender and let go and, and, and <laughs> just know that I can't do this on my own. So it's not just a question of I don't know. That statement's really important for me. But perhaps more importantly is that I can't. I cannot on my own solve the problem that I have with food. God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself as long as I am surrendered on a daily basis. As has been said, surrender to the God of my understanding every day. Surrender, surrender, and be obedient to what he's leading me to do day by day to be well. So I thank you for letting me share. Uh, Thanks, Rick. Take care. Pass.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Ken WH. And, uh, Wow, wonderful uh, wonderful meeting this morning, and I'm really very moved to be here with all of you. Um, so, before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, We Agnostics, on page 53, the second paragraph, beginning with, When We Became Alcoholics, and we're commenting on that one paragraph only, <laughs> only. And although we value everyone's experience, we do ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Who else would like to share on what was said today? On Melissa K? P. Bar- e. Barbara
2: Barbara okay, hold,
0: hold on. All right. I got you, Barbara. And uh, I heard uh, uh, Melissa. Yep. Melissa P. Okay. Jenna A. Shanna C. What
10: was it? Shannon. D. And a- then right
0: before that, there was a, uh, it sounded like a, a Ron or a,
11: Ron M. Ron M. An M. Yeah. Thanks, Rick.
0: Is, how do you spell that?
11: It's Ann, A-N-N-E.
0: Okay. Ann, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for helping me out with that. Okay. Who else? Can a? I, I couldn't hear that. Sorry. Jen you... A. Ken A and Ken, and who else it was right there? Right Janine H. Nancy P. Nancy P. Was, yeah. there, uh, was there Leia? So here's who I've got so far, guys, and uh, help me out here. Um, okay, Melissa P, Barbara E, Shanna. And jen a and nancy um p i i know i've probably missed some people um but i tell you what we'll we'll go with that and then we'll we'll get some more names if we have some time so uh again just if you don't mind uh giving me the first initial your last name and your state when you began and melissa you are up followed by barbara go ahead melissa Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate
12: you moderating. Thank you for your service. Good morning. My name is Melissa P. I live in Buffalo, New York, and um, I haven't been on been sharing for a while um, because I had some things happen that I need to tell you about. You know, this paragraph talks about God is or God isn't, right? And I have a choice. Every day I have a choice. and I'm sorry if this upsets anybody or what I'm about to say. Um, but I had a, I had a miscarriage a few weeks ago. And, um, for those of my, my God squad know all about my battle with infertility and, uh, you know, walking that through the steps. Right. And, um, you know, when it was happening, we, uh, you know, I live in Buffalo, so it's cloudy eight months out of the year. Right. And, uh, I remember I was sitting on my bathroom floor and I was crying and I was in pain and all the thoughts, right? And uh for a brief for a brief moment it was God, where are you? Right? Like where are you? I'm I offer myself to you every single day and I'm doing service and I'm helping others and uh I didn't stay in that moment long because I felt something warm on my face and the sun was shining so beautifully through the privacy glass of our bathroom. And in that moment, God was everything or God was nothing. Um, And I didn't feel alone. I knew that my God was there. My God is bigger than anything that happens in my life. And, you know, going through the motions and the lab work and the sonograms and, and just kind of watching things still like slow motion in my whole life, I still got to show up for love. You know, I got to comfort my husband. That would have not have been a thought in my mind years ago. It would have been the pity party for Melissa. And I'm not taking away my grief by any means. Um, But it's something that I have to sit in for a little bit. And, And in every moment as emotions and hormones and other things happen in my body as I heal, God is still everything. Everything. You know, because I get to take this pain and help someone else with it now. You know, and I don't have an ax to grind to God. I don't have questions of why me. I have instead, okay, now what? What do I do with this? How do I make meaning here to bring this to other people and plant flowers where the pain was? You know, and, and so much of an opportunity to be grateful for what I do have, medical care, hospitals, my other child who's here and beautiful and healthy. You know, and all of you that can understand what I mean when I say God did not leave me on that table. You know, and and so every day we have that choice. And as much as I used to resent being a compulsive overeater and living a life at 360 wasn't fun, I am just just so grateful. So grateful. Thank you so much, Rick. And with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you so much, Melissa P. I appreciate your share. Very heartfelt. Barbara E., you are up next, followed by Shanna. Go ahead, Barbara.
13: Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Wow, they've all been so wonderful, so heartfelt. Well, it's hard to have faith when nothing seems to be going right. I guess that's why it's called faith. I have been in OA for, for more than 20 years and have been abstinent all the time. That's a miracle that God bestowed on me. But today I find that sometimes the hardest thing for me to do is have faith and keep my serenity. Two days ago, a friend of mine taught me a valuable lesson. I'd hit the garage door again for the second time in a month with my car. And I was ashamed and fearful that I was, that there might indeed be something wrong with my vision. When I called my friend in program to whine and look for sympathy, I said, where was God? If he was there to protect me, he certainly wasn't showing it. She said when she starts to feel that way, instead of getting angry and doubting or losing faith, she finds a comfortable, quiet space, relaxes, and says a simple prayer. Then she picks up her notebook and her pen and writes a letter to God telling at him everything she's feeling, even if the, even if she's beginning to doubt her faith, but she keeps her letter simple, then she pauses again and breathes and writes a letter to herself from God. She thanks him for all the good things he's brought her, and then let's go and trust, and faith returns. So I tried it and I wrote my letter to God and was honest about my feelings. And then I waited for his response. While I waited, I thanked God it was a garage door, not a person. I thank God for giving me strength to be strong enough to walk around the mall. I thank God for guiding my daughter and her family safe, from, safe home from Florida to Brooklyn and for my son who drives me where I need to go. And a husband who's been with me for half a century through the bumpy times and good times. And then in that letter from God to me, he calls me his darling daughter, his sweet child, and that he will always be with me to have faith and trust him because he's alive and he knows everything and can be everywhere all at the same time. Those are important differences between God and we human beings. He is invisible and I can't see him or touch him, but he's here and he's here with me and you. He's beside us. He fills the room, the whole place where we are, and he can be in our heart. He cares about me and you very much. He's interested in you. He has Gentle a plan reminder. for thank you. He has a plan for you in the light. He has an answer for every need and every problem you face and when we listen to god speak when we obey god acts thank you i pass
0: thank you so much barbara E. shanna you're up next followed by n m m go ahead Shauna.
14: good morning this is shanna C. grateful recovered compulsive ear um from tennessee uh i'm almost in tears this morning um when i read this paragraph just simply because i mean that's the rub for me um i got to this point about a year and a half ago uh when i had i had i had put myself through so much misery i was in so much pain when it came to to the food i i literally could not figure out why I had such a problem with food and why the weight was the way it was and why after being 12 years in another recovery program and having connected with God from my understanding and experiencing le- legitimate miracles in my own life why is this food thing such an issue um and I I had tried different forms of of recovery with with food, uh, different sponsors, different ways of doing it, different ideas around it. And I literally got to the point of like, I am out of ideas. Uh, Maybe I'm just destined to be this way. Maybe I'm not built for this. I don't know. But something's not working. And I just got to that point where I was just like, I've got, something's got to change. And I don't know whether it's me or it's God or, or I don't know. And you know, I begged God for help and that obsession lifted and I I was led to a vision for you and led to a sponsor that led me through the steps and lo and behold, here I am a year and a half later, entirely absent. So thank God for the pain that gets us to that point um, of ultimate surrender. And uh, since then, my life has been getting better and better, and my sense of purpose and usefulness has gotten better and better. Um, And one of the things that really keeps jumping out at me is the fact that going through that inventory process, the thing that is the the inventory and all the steps is what kept me uh, unblocked from God and from the power that keeps me abstinent and useful is the fact that there's so many ideas that I've created and rules in my own mind that I've created without realizing it, thinking they're God's rules. And that's one of the things that made me so afraid of trusting God is thinking that he's got all these rules or whatever that are his that I can't live up to when really those are my own rules that I've made up that have nothing to do with God. That was an eye opener for me. So um, being willing to set aside, and really look at my old ideas and those principles by which I've been living, not just the resentments uh, toward people, but what are those underlying rules and old ideas that I'm I'm living by? And I have to have God's help to show me those and uh, to be willing to be wrong, asking God for the willingness to be wrong. And thank God I get to be wrong. So uh, grateful to be here, grateful for the grace of God and this program and and that you guys were here
0: when i needed you the most and still are so i got thank you so much shanna all right ann m you're up next followed by Jen A. go ahead Anne.
11: hi rick this is ann m here from ireland recovered from post about research can i be heard okay
0: yes i can hear you fine go ahead Ann.
11: thank you so much rick and thank you for your service and uh, wow what a what a absolutely fantastic meeting and uh yeah, this paragraph to me is, you know, it's heavy stuff. It's really, you know, faced with the facts, I think, you know, and those words crushed, crisis, choice, they're all, you know, they're all words that really bring me to the realisation. And, uh, yeah, it's that part where, you know, I'm faced now with the alternatives. It's it's not a choice. It's two alternatives I'm looking for uh, or looking at and, uh one is the food and the other one is the, the simple kit of spiritual uh, toolkit, which uh, really leads me to God, the unblocking steps and, uh, and gets me to God. And, you know, it is that part where we're faced, faced with this fact, you know, confronted and not unless my back is up against the wall will I take the spiritual toolkit you know, and it's 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 been shared already, you know, every area of my life I've to turn over. So it is my step heading from this is step two, but it's heading looking for step three. You know, I'm turning over. I'm turning over my will and my life. My will is my thinking and my life or my actions. And, you know, it's God it's, it's, it's God is everything or he is nothing. And what is my choice to be? And, you know, I'm turning everything over to my higher power. I'm powerless over every every aspect of my life. You know, I can take actions, and I can take and do the next right thing, and leave the outcome up to God. You know, and and the, and the, and the results are remarkable. You know, it says in the big book somewhere, the results are remarkable, and they are for me. You know, I am powerless, absolutely powerless over over my my food obsession and this disease and there is some you know relief in me in in this knowing that it's a disease and i'm powerless over it i can't i can't fight the food i just cannot or the mental obsession but god can and god has and god has shown up in my life today you know giving me neutrality around the food transformed you know the interior of my mind and my heart and my soul and uh, give me a spiritual awakening and give me a lot of peace and serenity and that's exactly what i need and giving me you know the wonders of this program you know just doing the step 10s this morning and you know being willing to do it and removing all that you know all that resentment and fear and 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 next to that is the food does not call me freezing comfort. And that is a miracle. And I'm so grateful. So I'll leave it i leave it at that. And with that I pass and thank you so much, Rick, for your for your uh, service.
0: Thank you, Ann Uh so glad you could join us today. We are having Jen A up next, followed by Nancy P. Go ahead, Sister Jen.
15: Hey brother, thanks for taking the meeting.
0: Wow, what a
15: okay, I'm just gonna say it.
0: uh somebody might be unmuted jen uh, i I'm not hearing you right now, so uh make sure you're unmuted and uh continue on with us.
15: Hey, Rick, are you there?
0: I am here. I can hear you, Jen. <laughs>
15: <laughs> okay, I was just saying. I was like, maybe, maybe I got muted because I said this is a kick-ass meeting. <laughs> this is Jenna recovered in Colorado um, today and gratefully recovered, and um, to be on the line here in this meeting and hear all. In- Just amazing shares that have been shared today by the Recovered Fellows, people um, who have this spirit in them, right? And thank you, God, that I am one of them, too. You know, I remember being on page 53. I didn't know I was on page 53 because I hadn't read this stuff yet um, when I had to make this quote-unquote big decision like it's talking about in this paragraph. I was insane. I was illogical. And like it says in the paragraph before, I threw up my hands in doubt. What is doubt? Fear. The logic is fear for me. My logical mind makes shit up. My thinkingness gets me into trouble. So when I can throw logic out the window, or for me, it was I was vomiting out one side of my car, and like you guys call it, the bakery bags and boxes were sitting in the passenger seat. And it was a really dark, miserable night after I just binged my brains out. After I thought I was abstinent and working this program with all my heart and all my soul and all my might. No, Jennifer, you weren't. And I was imposed in this crisis. And I could not postpone or evade. And the light shone through through that windshield. And I said, help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. And that's when God came in. When I was desperate, when I was willing, when I was dying. You see, when I'm in a crisis, I get to make a decision. I get to start to believe. I get to have this thing called courage. It's the serenity prayer that I had been praying for months and months and months in the meetings of Overeaters Anonymous. But I had to move from, you know, from the seat of participation in meetings and, you know, just writing down every slogan in the book. Those slogans didn't save my ass. This saved my ass. God saved my ass. And I'm not afraid to say it, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Why? Because God is today for me in everything. The spiritual consciousness and awareness of the spiritual experience that comes in and rearranges and changes a girl like me, it helps me live life today. Life on life's terms, one day at a time. Food, food was good, but God is so much better. I'm so grateful and so thankful that trusting and relying and coming to believe And still continuing to believe. God keeps getting bigger for me every day. I say every single day. I had the most miraculous time on a meeting last night. And I think, how can God get any bigger, be any brighter? You know? I'm just thankful that he chose me. And like my big book teacher said, there's not not a pill that I would want to take that would cure me from this disease. I wouldn't want to take it. Why? Because it would rob me of the joy of what I'm experiencing today in God and this fellowship and this way of life. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, N A. And I agree, it's a kick-ass meeting, and uh, God save my ass, too. And Nancy P., you're up next, and we may have time for another meeting. Go ahead, Nancy.
16: Hi, this is Nancy P. in West Newton, Massachusetts. May I be heard? Yes, you may. Okay, good. Um, So, yeah, self-imposed crisis. So um, it all comes down to self. You know, nobody ever says we were crushed by somebody else's troubles. You know, Um, all of us have experienced pain um, and we all know what it means to be in pain. And um, that was what I, you know, so I was crushed and, you know, I was sort of driven to the edge and um, by, you know, circumstances in my life and I was fearful. I was not fearless, you know, because I thought that... um, that I was going to have to become like super religious to do this. And what I really needed to do was surrender. And what I have found um, since I recovered is that surrender is like a wrecking ball to self. And um, and and I want to put nails in this coffin of self and I want to bury it as far away as I can get. And I want to be filled with this sense of um, awe and wonder, and trust and compassion and generosity and kindness. That's what I want. That's what I believe is this power outside of myself. And um, I didn't have a choice, and I was afraid. But I flung myself, you know, as others have said, I flung myself into the void, and um, I was okay. And, you know, today I have, you know, my life is, I say this all the time, my life is like a popular nightclub. One problem will get solved and the bouncer will say, okay, you next five, go right ahead in. You know, there's plenty of room. And, um, you know, I, I, there's plenty of stuff in my life that I don't like. But at the same time, my life is an embarrassment of riches. And when I say my own, I have one prayer that seems to work for everything and it goes like this. I don't like this. I don't want things to be this way. And the answer is always the same. I know, but I've got your back. And, I, and so I just know that I'm going to be okay. I just have to surrender and let it flow by and know that it's, nothing is going to be permanent unless I pick up. And, you know, I do this 12-step this life is, is my life. I do it every day, all of it, without exception. And, um, and I've been happy, joyous, and free, and agnostic for almost four years now. Um, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy P., Um, and thank you, everyone. We do have uh, time for a two-minute share if someone would like to uh, take us out with a two-minute share. Mary Ann B.? Mary Ann B., that's what I heard. Go ahead, Mary Ann.
10: Hi, this is Mary Ann B. from Upstate New York, thanks. Uh, Wow, I love this paragraph. I try to stay away from black and white thinking, that's what I've been taught over the years, but in this case, it makes sense. But what it makes me think about is how uh, I heard a spiritual teacher say once, and it really resonated with me, if you can comprehend it, it's not God. And that gives me comfort because I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend why I've um, been in accidents where people thought I was going to be killed and I walked away without a scratch. I can't comprehend where the universe came from. So, and where did God come from? Like if, if God created the universe, who created God? I get into all these questions, but I really do have a faith that there is a God. Um, and and I'm so grateful for that. And it is incomprehensible to me, but that's okay, because there's a lot of things that are incomprehensible to me. Physics, you know, a lot of different topics. And, and that doesn't mean they're not real, and um, they don't work the way somebody else said they work. But God is in my life. Um, <clears throat> I've been working from home now for over a year, and I used to say when I was commuting that when I got to work and parked and went into the office, I left God in the car and then picked, you know, went back to him at the end of the day and forgot about him. Well, now I don't have that happening, and it's been a tremendous uh, positive experience for me. So I'm so grateful for this meeting, and um, and this paragraph is very meaningful to me, and with that, I pass and have a wonderful day.
0: Okay, thank you, Mary and B for closing us out. I'd like to thank uh everyone who shared uh and the four hundred and seventy five people who are on the line with us today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, April twenty seventh, two thousand twenty one is sixteen thousand eight hundred and thirty nine. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren N. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only?
17: Good morning. Lauren N., Compulsive Vulparator, Sugar Addict from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.